Remember Christmas Day, we celebrate his birth, right? He lived a perfect life, and then he gets sacrificed. He gets nailed to a cross, and he dies. That's good. We celebrate that Good Friday. What happened Easter morning with Jesus? Do you remember? He rose from the dead, and that all becomes a gift to us. And so we can just, we can say real loudly now this time, I have been baptized. Good job. You were louder than them. Awesome. In the name of God the Son. And basically what he's done, he's opened the door of heaven for us. But there's one more. It's awesome because we're also baptized in the name of the Holy Spirit. And we heard a lot about the Holy Spirit today as we were saying the creeds and, and we sang uh, the last hymn we just sang. And what the Holy Spirit does is the Holy Spirit, and this is really, really important. He enables you and me, all of them, everybody, wherever it is, to be able to believe in Jesus Christ. Because without him, we are just simply poor, miserable sinners who want to do nothing with Jesus. But the Holy Spirit moves us so that we can say, I believe in Jesus. And all of our sins get forgiven. So we can say again really loudly, I have been baptized in the name of the Holy Spirit. I'd like to say a prayer. I want you all to remember that. If you're not baptized, if you're not baptized, you need to come and talk with me so we can talk about baptism together, right? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of your Son and the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can believe and be saved. Thank you for the gift of baptism. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, guys. We sing our song of the day. Yeah.
Grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So today is, and our text for this morning is uh, the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, 28th chapter, verses 16 20, known, better known as the Great Commission. And the words of the Great Commission are not found in the Bible itself. The Bible contained these words um, as a heading, because the words of the Great Commission is not, is not part of Scripture. There, there is certainly nothing wrong with this heading. It's an described in this text by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And as strange as it may sound, however, if we focus too narrowly or exclusively on this commission itself as great, as it is, light of the fact that behind the commission is even greater commission, the combined cooperative, if you will, and perfectly coordinated mission of the three persons of the triune God. Spirit. The church's mission is rooted in God's mission as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The church's mission flows from God's mission. The church power in God's mission. And the real key of the church's mission, therefore, is to be understood and confess and rejoice that the first and greatest missionary God the Holy Spirit. A number of years ago, the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod's Commission on Theology prepared a document called a Theological Statement of Mission, which seeks to help people of and the basis for the church's mission. Our sermon this morning is built around four key points in that document. The first point, mission begins in the heart World. It is the Lord's gracious initiative and ongoing activity to save a world that is incapable of saving itself. The heart of all eternity. We see it in today's Old Testament reading, the story of creation of the world involving three members of the Holy Trinity. The very next chapter, chapter 3, which fall into sins, also contains the first promise of the Savior in Scripture in Genesis 3, chapter 15, verse 15. And it shows that God was active, but according to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3, 14, God's missionary plan began even before the formation, the foundation of the world. A mind-boggling for us who believe. Over and over again, the Bible portrays God the Father as a seeking God and as a sending God. If you remember, the Father seeks lost sheep. See this in Ezekiel chapter 34. We also see two of those stories in Luke chapter 15. 
And because the God the Father is seeking, searching love for the lost, he sent his son into this world in order to John 3.17. Martin Luther beautifully and tenderly portrays the Father's heart of God's in stanza four and five of his hymn, Dear Christians, One and All, Rejoice. God's mission God the Father did not seek to carry out his mission to save the world by the sheer force and power of his divine will. His missionary plan depended on the willing cooperation of his son. His father's will. He was born of a virgin mother and God's good pleasure to fulfill. He came to be my brother. That's verse 6 of Dear Christians, One and All. The Bible from beginning He is the promised Messiah sent by the Father to reconcile the world to himself by his life, by his death, and by his resurrection. We confess that Jesus was very God. Yet at the same time, he's truly human. By his life, he perfectly satisfied all the demands of God's law. By his suffering and by his death on the cross for all people, and he opened wide heaven's gates. And by his resurrection from the dead, Christ sealed the victory over sin, death, and the devil. Amidst the bewildering in our world today, the church steadfastly confesses that there is salvation in no other name under heaven and announces to everyone the sure and certain good news that God and that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Again, John 3.16. God's mission is empowered by God the Holy Spirit. Just as the Father sent his Son and the Son So the Father and the Son sent the Holy Spirit as the third missionary partner in God's great plan of salvation. The Holy Spirit did not first arrive on the scene of God who was active in creation. Just look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. He spoke by the prophets, Acts chapter 2. He was made manifest at Jesus' baptism, Acts chapter 10. Church on Pentecost, again, Acts chapter 2. And he continues to enable God's people today to confess and to profess that Jesus is the Lord of all. And to the glory of the God. It is vital to God's missionary efforts. Through God's word and sacraments, the Holy Spirit calls he gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth, and he keeps it with Jesus Christ. That's professed in the Apostles' Creed. The Holy Spirit is the Lord and the giver of life. Again, the Nicene Creed. Without him, no one could believe in Christ. No one confessed Christ. Christ. And because of the Spirit's work and presence in our lives and the church, 
You and I need to not to be overwhelmed, not to be discouraged by the size of our enemy or the weakness of those who serve. The Spirit is with each and every one of us. He dwells in us to empower us for our work. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and John 14, 16. God's mission, finally, is also your mission and mine. Only when we recognize the triune God as the first and the church's role in God's mission and participate in that mission properly, joyfully, and confidently. We share in God's mission according to the various callings that is the very mission, etc., in which he has placed in each and every one of us. For each of these, he equips us with the appropriate and the needed gifts. In 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter, or Peter says in 1 Peter 2, also, the Lord has called the church into existence and he carries out his mission in and through the church despite its many imperfections. Continually claiming for ourselves the same gospel that we proclaim to others. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, that you may be declared the wonderful out of darkness into his marvelous light. The website top10s.net contains a fascinating article, I think, originally written in Top 10 Unfinished Works of Art. The article tells the story behind some epic unfinished projects of art in architecture, such as the following. Bruce Lee's last movie should be the greatest martial arts film in, in history until Lee suddenly and somewhat mysteriously died during the filming at age 32. The Palace of Soviets, a massive architectural project undertaken by and it was finally abandoned for lack of funds and lack of public support. The picture of George Washington that appears on the dollar bill, taken from a portrait begun by the famous artist Stewart never finished it because he wanted to keep it and use it for reproductions that he could do himself. So the father of our country never got his portrait, which is reported he was really ticked off. The last and unfinished novel of Charles Dickens. Samuel, Samuel Taylor's Coleridge's greatest unfinished po poem, Kubla Khan. And the classic yet unfinished Requiem of Game Mozart. But from a scriptural point of view, of course, the greatest unfinished project in history is the one described by Jesus in today's text in Matthew 28, 16, 20. is ultimately in the hands of the triune God and that Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith 
and the one who declared it is finished. To be with you and me always to the very end of the age as we participate in the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Some of you got this book a couple years ago calling Telling. You might tell your story, which is God's story and what he has done for you. If you don't have it, there's several on the back table. Just grab one on your way out today. And together we praise God. Father, awesome, gracious, and ongoing missionary work begun before the beginning of time and continuing in and through us as we, you and I, together carry out the Great Commission. As you seek to share the good news of the Father's love in Jesus Christ with others by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. for the gift of the Holy Spirit who convicts us so that we can believe in the work of your Son and believe in you, our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.